30 a.m. 99.1 FM. All sports, all the time. W-E-B-Y, Milton, Pensacola. Sunbelt Basketball Conference Basketball Tournament going on here in Pensacola. Also, Tiger Woods going through a catastrophic accident that we're going to talk about because the reason why I love golf is because of that man. This is Sports Call. Welcome to Saturday, everybody. We made it. We made it. It is Saturday. Not a beautiful Saturday at that, though. It's okay. It's fine. Okay. We get through it. It's Florida. We had some beautiful days this week. I took a trip to the beach at one point. Uh, you know, it, it was a good week. We had, we had a good week of weather. Uh, but I will say this. We are actually six days a week from Sunbelt Conference Tournament. That's right. It, it starts, starts on Friday. Friday. It's, we are, we, it starts this Friday, not a week uh, from today. Of course, we will have some basketball a week from today, right. which this show, minus me, will be at the Bay Center. We will be broadcasting live from the tournament as it's going on. We're going to be talking about all the wonderful basketball games as they're happening. So I'm ready for some some March Madness basketball. Literally, like these conference tournaments, they do count as March Madness. It's literally the road to March Madness. Yeah. Whoever wins this tournament is guaranteed a spot in the tournament. And also, you know, if there are other good teams, they can also be in the tournament. Well, that, that, so we that, may that, see that's some... also the tough part about it. I don't really think the Sun Belt has any other teams to offer. Uh, sometimes we'll have a situation where it's like you have a team that might be like just outside the rankings or like they're a low top 25. And let's say they lose at the championship or lose in a semifinal. That team will still make it and then also the championship of that conference, which the conference usually loves that because they want as many teams possible to be in this tournament, which I think from the Sun Belt standpoint, It'll probably just be one uh, because Sunbelt's not the big Conference USA. It's usually just one. Um, but then you have other schools like the American. They'll usually might have two in there. Uh, there's there's always a couple teams from each conference usually. And then, of course, we get to the SEC, the Big 12, Big 10. You know, you're going to have about four, five, six scattered throughout. That's usually how it goes. And you know what's crazy is that we are finally getting to this tournament. We've been promoting it for over a year. I remember just over a year ago, around this time, I was at the press conference that introduced the Sun Belt to Pensacola. And I think less than a month later is when we started dealing with COVID. So think about the purity of everything going on. We all thought that basketball is happening as normal. Yeah, we heard this thing called uh, the coronavirus. It's out in China and it's starting to spread. And there were rumors that this thing could actually get real serious, but Let's be honest. I wasn't really thinking that. I was thinking, man, we're going to have March Madness here. And in a year, we're going to have the Sun Belt tournament and here. It's going to be fine. I went and did, like, I think a couple of weeks later, I went and did the McGuire's run. You did. You did. I remember this because I remember, let's see, once it started picking up, what, late March, I'd say, right? Around that time. And, like, my jobs, like, I was doing, I was an on air talent for all three stations at the time news, radio, ESPN, and Cat Country. And I remember, like, I got a call from, Brent Lane, and he said, hey, we had to cut back on 
hours for part-timers because of COVID. So, you know, I was cut from cat country. And I remember calling you, like, right after I got received that call from you, I was like, hey, what's this mean in terms of me? You were just like, right now, I mean, everything's fine. It's like, you know, we don't see you doing anything. And then I think it was, what, probably two, three weeks later, he was like, he sat me down in a room. It's like, look, we had to, like, sideline you for, like, a couple, for a couple of months. And yep. that was a tough situation because it's like, you know, this is like, I don't know how to act. I've been doing this for over a year now. So it was kind of crazy when you, when you think about that. No, it was crazy now. Like, now looking back, I mean, we're still dealing with COVID, but now we're in a position where we're just dealing with it. Yeah. We're not, you know, we're not shutting everything down. I don't see us shutting down things again. In fact, hospitalizations are at the lowest they've been in a while, which, which is, you know, I think there's still 84. Just in Escambia County alone, there's 84 hospitalizations. I don't have the numbers for Santa Rosa County. We still have a long way to go in terms of dealing with COVID-19, but the reality is that a lot of people are getting vaccinated now that are 65 and older. I, I, I'm i not going to, uh, you know, call out anyone that chooses not to get the vaccine. You, it is your right to get vaccinated or not. For me, I will get vaccinated because I've always done well with vaccine, vaccine, uh, vaccination. So personally for me, I'm going to get it. It's a little frustrating when someone says that they're not going to get it, especially if that this vaccine is proving to work. But I think that the numbers are speaking for themselves. People are getting vaccinated. We're starting to see hospitalizations go down. Unfortunately, we do still have deaths that I, that unfortunately is going to continue. But one day we're going to hit that spot that COVID is gone. It's done with. And I think us having the basketball tournament when a year ago, it probably would have been a big, a big no-go. We are now at the point where we're almost a year away from where COVID really hit. You know, it's, uh, I think it was early March when I did the Maguire's run mm. and COVID-19 was just right around the corner. In fact, we did Pensacon and Pensacon was the last thing we did. Yeah, it was the last before thing. Before COVID hit. And now Pensacon, it's coming back, but it's coming back in the summer. So I hope that we have even an even better grip on COVID-19. I just re- realized we also have the Olympics this summer. Which well, weird to the say. Olympics, I, I don't know. The Olympics is a whole other story. And we'll get into that because who knows if that's still going to happen. Because if it doesn't happen this year, it's not going to happen. They're just going to cancel it and they're going to look forward to the Winter Olympics and then just do the next Summer Olympics at the next location. I don't even know where it's going to be. Yeah. But uh, I, still, I think that we're in a position with COVID-19 where we're handling it. And with this basketball tournament, if you want to go to the Sun Belt Conference Tournament, your best shot at going, if you're not family or friends with the players that are involved, your best shot at going to the tournament is at the Bay Center. Don't even think about going to PSC. No. PSC is out. They're trying to limit the attendance there because it's a small arena. So they're just going to do the games there. I think family and friends get to go see their their player, go play the game. Outside of that, if you want to go see the Sun Belt Tournament, you need to go to the Bay Center. And by the way, we've been giving away tickets all throughout the week, so hopefully you've been one of the winners. And if not, don't worry. On Chad's show, The Sports Drive, we have more opportunities for you to win tickets, so you have your opportunity to go there. Also, one thing that's going to be really cool, and it's going to be starting tomorrow, because today we're going to find out the 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 seeds for these teams because right. the, the Sun Belt teams are playing their last games of the conference schedule today so later on today we're going to know what the seeds are going to be which means tomorrow our tournament can begin but we are doing a sunbelt tournament the big game we can't call it march madness in terms of a promotion it's kind of funny it's like the super bowl right we can talk about us watching the super bowl but we can't say we're having a super bowl party 
at World of Beer. Yeah. We're having a, the big game, game party. The big game watch it's, party. It is, yeah. it is odd. It's, we're not allowed to make money on the names. And March Madness is the same way. So we can talk about March Madness in terms of the games, but we can't talk about the awesome big tournament promotion that we're having uh, in downtown. So it's, it's weird. But, yes, we are doing a, a bracket challenge for the big tournament in the Sun Belt. And that's going to be getting underway tomorrow. And you have until Friday to get your brackets filled out. And if you get a perfect bracket or if you just have the best bracket, you will win a $250 cash prize. Rules and regulations are on our website. So check that out. But I'm looking forward to, you know, doing stuff like this. Yeah, it's, it's always fun. You know, it's kind of like bowl mania with college football. I mean, it's it's always fun doing events like this. I mean, no, last year we weren't able to do it. We did it the year, the year prior to it when we were still still growing in terms of what we were as a station. And now we have, it's a little bit different this time around. Hopefully things will go a little bit smoother. Uh, I'm excited to be a part of this, conf- uh, this conference tournament. Um, I plan on being at least at, I know I'll definitely be there s- the Sunday and the Monday for the semifinals and championship games. I'll probably be the Friday for, for first day of games as well. Saturday, I don't know. I might have other things in terms of work. But, you know, I'm going to be there pretty much every day throughout this tournament at some point. I'll be there on Friday for sure with Chad Brilliante. The games get underway, at least at the base Center, they get underway at 5.30. I believe the women's bracket does get underway before the men's games, but I'll be out there probably as soon as 3 o'clock getting things set up. But I will also not be here for the remainder of the tournament after Friday because I will be going to Chicago, which uh, right now I'm actually looking up the weather reports right now for Chicago because it's going to be cold. I already know that right now it's 45 degrees over there and sunny. So nice weather. That's actually 45 degrees is very comfortable for me, especially if it's not windy. However, Chicago is called the windy city. city. I'm like, what do you expect? You're going to, it's going to be very cold. So apparently what, by the time I'm there next week, which is going to, I'm landing on a Sunday. It's supposed to be a high of 50, a low of 37. The sun's supposed to be out a little cloudy. As far as I know, the snow is going to be on the ground. So that's cool. I don't ever really get to go in the snow. I haven't been in the snow in like six years. So that's cool. So while you guys are getting to hang out in beautiful Pensacola with nice weather, I'll be freezing in Chicago, uh, dealing with some snow. So that's nice. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, at least that's that. at least that's the forecast right now. Of course, I'm not going to be in Chicago for another eight days. Things could change in the meantime. Could have a giant snowstorm. I hope not because I don't want the weather getting in the way of me being able to at least get there. So right. I'm looking forward to doing that. But either way, this tournament coming in town, it's been a long time coming. I'm excited that this tournament's finally here. So finally we can get ready for March Madness. I'm happy that we got enough of a grip on COVID to where we can at least have the tournament. I know downtown there's going to be a lot of really fun stuff going on. There's going to yeah. be – apparently there, the, all the bars that are downtown, what they are doing is that each bar – and Nicole Stacy joined us last week, and she explained this. Nicole Stacy from Visit Pensacola, she had said that each, there's going to be each – there's going to be bars downtown where each bar is going to be like a host bar. So that's cool. You know, the family and friends that come in town – you know, they get to go to the host bar and it generates revenue for the, our downtown economy, which I'm always in favor of that. And it's just fun. Yeah. It's fun seeing how each bar is going to set up. I'm, I mean, I, again, I'm not going to be here. I'll be, I'll be driving to Atlanta while this show's going on. 
Now, it's, it's always interesting because when it comes to bars with the cola, I mean, usually it's a pretty good atmosphere. Now, when you in, incorporate something like this into the city with the way it's, you know, drinking atmosphere may be, like you're wearing perfect plane, like on, to, on a perfect plane hat right now. You know, they might be one of the bars that might be. They are. They're going to be the host bar for South Alabama. Now, that's, which, a, that's a good one right there. Which I would say is probably the local team for yeah. us. So that perfect plane is going to be getting a lot of good business then because, I mean, you have South Alabama. You have a lot of kids that – Went to high school around here, and then they went to South Alabama. Yeah. That's a it's a big my, thing. My little cousin Emma, shout out to Emma. She goes to school there. She's a Jaguar, mm-hmm. so she's. Uh, I don't know if she's going to be in town for this tournament at all. I would imagine she's probably still in school, hanging out. Probably, but, you know, go her, go go Jags for her. I don't know. I don't really, I don't really know if I have a a, a host team for me because I didn't go to any of these schools. I yeah. went to West Florida. In fact, all three of us here. Uh, I have two current West Florida students here in the studio go Argos but you know I don't even know if I'm gonna have a team to root for I just want my bracket to be good yeah I mean you know I just want I've always rooted for good games and you know just a good good tournament that's probably what's going to be best I'd like to see here um South Alabama is a team to watch though they've had a good season so I would definitely keep your eye on them so that tournament gets underway on Friday again we're gonna be doing all the festivities here at ESPN Pensacola we're definitely making this our thing for sure also something to look forward to in terms of programming we have the high school series coming up over at blue wahoo stadium mm-hmm. looking forward to that gulf breeze and escambia high school are going to be playing over at blue wahoo's on march 15th and works i'm not going to get too ahead of myself but we're we're working in progress to do some stuff over there for that looking forward to that and to kind of shift away from the good things happening, I cannot end this segment without at least mentioning Tiger Woods and the unbelievably scary accident that he was that he went through. It's it's such a good thing that he's okay in the grand scheme of things. Like, yeah, he damaged his legs pretty bad. He uh, and his right leg alone had a break where his bone broke in more than two different ways. He had multiple breaks that went through the skin. Just picture that image. But then also imagine the pain that he had to have been in. The person who responded, the first responder who was first on the scene and was talking to Tiger, he just said Tiger didn't really act like he was in pain. He was in shock for sure. Like he was definitely, I think the adrenaline was probably rushing. He was in shock. I remember one time I broke my nose and I didn't really feel the pain until everything just sort of settled in once yep. I realized what had happened and when I like was stupid and tried to fix my nose and then it popped and then all that's when all of a sudden it came flooding in like that's when it all hits you so I imagine Tiger was at some point in a tremendous amount of pain they also probably had him on a lot of drugs to help numb the pain probably but my first thought I was actually hanging out in the studio with our intern Ren because that was when the news broke that this had all happened. My first thought was, I just hope he's okay. I did not think about his golf career. I did not think about him one day getting back to the course. He was already mending an injury with his back. So he wasn't going to be on the course for a little while anyways. And then he has this happen to him. And I imagine they keep, they keep mentioning his legs. I imagine he hurt his back again during his car flipping and rolling numerous times. So to hear that tiger got out of surgery they managed to keep his legs intact. That's one thing. I was like, dude, he may lose his leg 
as a result of this. To hear that the surgery was successful enough to where they were able to at least insert a rod in there and put pins and needles in his leg just to keep it together, I thought, okay, it sounds to me like his quality of life is there. I don't know if he's ever going to return to the golf course competitively, but it at least sounds like he's going to still be an ambassador for the game. He's still going to host tournaments. He can still walk around the course, we hope, and it, he can still be a presence, even if it means he's not competitive. And I think that Tiger's career in terms of winning golf tournaments was kind of close to the end anyways. So if this is the end of Tiger's competitive career, as a fan, I'm okay with that. I'm just really, really relieved that he is, in the grand scheme of things, he's okay. Yeah, you know, when I heard this news, I was just like, and I saw the picture, I was just like, oh no. Like, this, is, it was just bad. I was just... I saw that, and I was just like, I saw it because I have like five different apps that roll in notifications to me. I'm just seeing it come in one after another after another. You start a Bleacher Report, and then it's either ESPN and then CBS and then The Athletic. Just seeing them all roll in, some of them having like a different sort of information each time. And then I saw the one where it said his legs, and then when he was in surgery. I was just like, okay. So he's in critical condition, which that's, you know, it's really bad. And they also said single vehicle, which I'm just like, I kind of curious what exactly did happen with that caused this accident to come about. That was what rolled across my mind first. And then when you start thinking about it a little bit more, just like you wait for the news. It's also just like, this is probably it. You know, I mean, he was already dealing with pain and a back injury that was probably maybe a year and a half, another two years left in golf, maybe. And then when you have this happen, it's like that cuts it down tremendously. So it's a big change of things. And, you know, you just, I, we just want to be okay. But it's also the fact of the matter, it's like Tiger is the reason why so many people got involved in golf. I know I, he was always the guy I watched. I will say this, Rory McIlroy was the guy who actually got me into golf. But Tiger was like one of my favorite people to always watch. I remember watching that Sunday Masters a couple years back and it just being in a Him being back. Yeah. Man. You know, it, it was crazy. I, but I think my, my first time actually watching him and being just so focused was the players. I believe it was the players where he just had that big run and on those first nine holes. It was either the players of the PGA Championship. I don't remember which one it was. Uh, so it's funny because the PGA, that was a year where Tiger was so close to being back because he kept getting close in tournaments. Yeah. And then in the final tournament of the year, which was the tour championship, he won it. So it was kind of funny how throughout the entire year he got so close to winning, but he kept falling just short. And then in the last tournament of the year, he won. But he, I think you, it's, it's, it's weird because he led the players at one point and then he did lose. He did he, lose. At the PGA, I think you might be talking about the PGA. I think I, I, think I am too. Because he went on a big run, but Brooks Kepka. Kepka it was Kepka, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, you're, so thinking, you're thinking of the PGA. Yeah, I was thinking of the PGA uh, Championship, and I remember just watching this happen, and I was just like, he just looks like himself again. And, you know, it was the first time we actually saw the crowds following Tiger, how they used to follow him. And I just remember because every time he hit the ball, people would just go insane when it looked good. And, you know, if he, if he pinned it within five feet of the hole, I mean, it was an uproar. And, you know, I... I it kind of puts an effect on these other golfers who aren't used to playing Tiger at this stance and, and like at this level of what he was playing at whenever, because people are going to follow Tiger, the crowds follow him. And then when you're somewhere around the other parts of the course on a different hole and you hear this, it makes you wonder what's he doing? Like, yeah. you know, it the, makes you the, wonder because you know, I don't really feel like you ever hear 
crowds go that crazy about another golfer. Like, I yeah. feel like you don't have people follow him like they used to, especially when that was probably his first time coming back and saying, look, I'm actually back at a competitive level. So people and other golfers were probably just like, what is he doing? Like, what, what, what's changed? Tiger, and I know we have to wrap up the segment. Tiger, for me, I grew up in a golf family. My dad played golf as a kid. My brother, to this day, still plays actively. He likes to play in these amateur tournaments, so he's an active golfer, too. I like to play for leisure. But I don't love golf because the rest of my family loved golf. I love golf because I grew up playing the Tiger Woods video game. Hmm. I would play with Tiger. I would want to. I would picture myself being a golfer, although I was always kind of bad at it, so that, there was never a, history, a future in that. I would watch tournaments if Tiger was involved. If Tiger wasn't involved in the tournament, I wasn't watching. I wasn't that interested. And, and now I do love golf enough to where even if Tiger's not in the tournament, which I should probably go ahead and get used to that, uh, even if Tiger's not in the tournament, I'm still watching because I love guys like Brooks Kepka. Like, and by the way, he's leading the tournament in Bradenton right now. So keep an eye on him. Or, of course, Bubba Watson. I now have that local appeal for a guy like Bubba Watson. Unfortunately, Bubba did play in this tournament and did not play well at all. I think he finished close to last. So, uh, oh wow, uh, kind uh... of kind of a bummer there. But Brooks Kepka is one of my uh, is also one of my favorite golfers of all time. You know, you mentioned Rory McIlroy uh, and how he was touted as the next Tiger Woods, and early in his career was playing like he would be the next Tiger Woods, and then he petered off. And now he's good. He still wins a tournament here and there, but he's definitely not Tiger good. You have a guy like Jordan Spieth, who was touted as the next Tiger Woods for his early success in his career. He has since petered off. He's playing kind of good now, but still, he hasn't won a tournament in four years. You know, I, I, I just looked this up because I wanted to see other golfers' reactions. Um, there's a video of Phil Mickelson, his reaction, so I can't listen to that right now. But I have a quote from Rory. And, you know, he said, and this is literally the perspective that everyone needs to realize. when is He's not Superman. He's a human being. At the end of the day... He's already been through so much at this stage. I think everyone should be grateful that he's yeah. here and that he's alive, that his kids haven't lost their dad. That's the most important thing. Golf is exactly. so, so far from the equation right now, it's not even on the map at this point. That's how and, I feel. And it's literally, that's, that's the truth of how this should be viewed, is yes, we always view Tiger as this superstar athlete, who's guy who's been voted athlete of the decade before, you know? That is what, as a golfer. As a you golfer. Can be, you can be out of shape. Exactly. John Daly. Exactly. <laughs> You can be John Daly and be a professional golfer. And, and that, it, it puts you in perspective because, one, he changed the game of golf so much, but he also changed sports a lot too, where he went on this reign that people sometimes, I think, forget. Uh, people don't really give him credit for, as I think Tiger, when it comes to being a greatest of all time athlete, he's probably a top five, in my opinion. I mean, he's, I mean, he's up there with Jordan. He's up there with Brady. He's, I mean, he's up there with those guys. The world has known the name Tiger Woods since he was two years old. His yep. dad had, you know, he, he had gained fame. He was on this TV show being already touted as a golf prodigy. And just think, a lot of kids, I'm sure, since Tiger have been touted as a golf prodigy, and they probably achieved fame at 10, 11 years old, and we've never heard of them since because their golf career just sort of fanned out. Tiger not only maintained that success, he dealt with the – he dealt with – you know, the, the, the media, he dealt with being a different kid from a very young age and he just continued that success. He became this person that everyone became so invested in and maintained that success on 
and off the golf course. Of and course, there's the there's the cheating scandal yeah. with his wife at the time, and he hadn't even been married since. There's the uh, the the constant back injuries. There's the DUI arrest because he didn't have any alcohol, but he had a ton of drugs in his system, uh, painkillers, and then to go through all of that, and then come back and win the Masters. And then you'd think, that's it, story's over. Like, this is where the movie ends. And then he gets into this huge car accident. You know, it's also after, what, maybe less than two months after he was, we just saw him and his son playing in a father-son tournament. And and, and actually, like, killing it. Like, doing it, his son, by the way, I mean, I can't wait. I can't wait to fall yeah. and see what he what he does down the road. I, I and I I hope that we as media, and even spectators, fans, we don't apply the pressure to his son. We don't. We should not look at his son and think he's going to be the next Tiger Woods. No, like let his son be Charlie. Let his son be a golfer. And yeah, he actually might be a professional golfer one day. Is he going to be like his dad? I don't think we should look at him and expect that. I hope that people aren't, and I hope Tiger. Uh, and, I, and I think Tiger feels the same way. I know LeBron is looking at his kids that way. Like, don't look at my son and look at him as the next LeBron. Look at him as Bronny. Look at him I think as... I think that puts it in a perspective of what this will go about with with Tiger's son. I mean, look at Bronny over at, you know... Because uh, I know his... Actually, Bronny did just suffer an injury earlier. Uh, he this had week. a torn meniscus, yeah, which... He had surgery about... In terms of knee injuries, I think is like kind of a minor knee injury, but it does require surgery in order yeah. to get right. It's a... Uh, but, you know, Bronny's going to have a lot of pressure on him just because that's what basketball is, in my opinion. Basketball puts a lot of pressure on players when it comes to actual family yeah. uh, situations. And then also, who's your dad? Yeah. You know, yeah. that guy who's, you know, top three in every category four rings, this and that. I mean, there's so much that follows his stats that Bronny's going to feel pressure. And, you know, LeBron doesn't want that on him because he wants his son to be him, like just his own person. Yeah. I think that It's kind of like with uh, Ken Griffey Jr. I, I, I feel like I mentioned, his, I mentioned his name last week, and now here I am mentioning it again because it's a similar situation with his dad, Ken Griffey Sr., who won two World Series with the Reds. It was a, bit, oh, it was a part of a giant Hall of Fame career and did an outstanding job. And then you have junior come in and it's like the fact matter of the fact it's like hey you know your dad really great ball player one world series what are you going to do like and if anything i mean junior did way better yeah. <laughs> you know it's a, it kind of shows you a lot but the thing is with charlie you, we hope we don't put pressure on him to where it, you know it, it ruins him but you know his eyes will be on him that's for sure so 11:26. Obviously, we are way over, but I wanted to share my thoughts on Tiger and, you know, just honor him. I don't. I think, and the reality is, he he might be done playing competitive golf. However, however, there have been so many times where people have said Tiger's done, and somehow he rolls right on back. I do want to ask real quick: What's your favorite golf movie? Favorite golf movie? Yep. Probably Happy Gilmore. Mine's the Ten Cup. I, I went back and watched Ten it Cup's earlier, good. earlier this week. I love Ten Cup. It's a it's a good movie. Me, um, Happy Gilmore. You know, it's up there as well. And th- that's the thing. There's not many golf movies, but there there's there's some really solid ones. I mean, you have Caddyshack, you have Happy Gilmore, you have Ten Cup, and you also have the greatest game ever played. I don't know if you ever seen that. Oh, oh uh, yeah, with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, yeah. That that movie is amazing. I True story about Francis. We met. We gotta take a break. You're listening to Sports Call, Davis. And Justin, with Davis and Justin on ESPN Petsicola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. A long, long time ago, 
ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. One of my favorite songs of all time, American Pie by Don Clean. Well, I play, play to, to hit. Dude, it takes so long. I know, but I mean, like, hey, just had it fade down, then we'll put it back up. I mean, that's what we usually do. I can't remember. It does take Wait, a while, you, though. I remember we, uh, yeah, there, there was a time where we if, uh, it was before, sang the song. It was for 4th of July. It was 4th of July. That's right, because we played the most American songs and you remember, that um, we could name. And I had the, um, let's see. I think, because you, produ- you were producing that show. Because I think it was something like I still wasn't fully back yet. With the with in terms of the station because of COVID and like me being yeah yeah so I I remember showing up though like and I was just like in a full like red white and blue that's right you outfit. were you were you were you were Mr. Patriotic that day I mean I'll, I'll go full out when it comes to Fourth of July I mean there's no reason not to like that's a day like I'll just live it up completely so yeah this is Sports Call Davis Sound Justin Patrick on ESPN Pensacola and Justin you had some fun last weekend you know you uh you're a young broadcaster and yeah. you're taking all the opportunities you can get like a young broadcaster should by the way you're not just sitting around thinking you're entitled to everything no you are working to get your opportunities and some of those opportunities and can involve calling high school baseball games or college baseball games so uh you had an opportunity with uwf last weekend i did i had an opportunity will kennedy thank you for the opportunity again to call their doubleheader sunday versus delta state which is a huge conference series uh they lost the first game uh 6-5 and then they won the second game 7-5 i called both those games and they asked to come back and finish up the series on monday where as that game went to extra innings and uwf won 7-6 and ultimately the run that put him over was dylan um I was, I believe it was a... Uh, Ryan's going to go. Justin He's going to pull this ball deep to left center field. Miller Hancock, that's going to be off the wall for a double, and they're going to go ahead and send Dunham home. He's rounding third, and here he comes. Here's going to be the throw from Sergeant No. He's going to hold this ball, and it's blowed this game open 7-4. Miller Hancock, the shortstop, with a deep double off the left field wall, and wow, UWF has blown this game open in the top of the 10th and extra innings. Wow, what a hit by him. We still have one out, and now you have Bryant Harris, the center fielder. Yeah. But Stepping what an experience that was. That's I mean, fun, man. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. And I'll be going back to UWF today to call the doubleheader for the softball team as they'll be facing uh, University of, uh, I believe it's Alabama Huntsville, mm-hmm. I believe so. Uh, they're the number 15th number 15th ranked team in the, in the country when it comes to D2. So UWF softball with a big series on their hands today, and I'm going to be doing play-by-play for that entire series this weekend as well. And, you know, it, it's fun. I mean, my voice was dead at the end of the weekend because I calling a doubleheader by yourself, not an easy task whatsoever, uh, but uh, it was fun because this is something like I, I want to do play-by-play going, in, going down the road and doing it for a sport that I knew. I was just like, this shouldn't be too hard. And once I found like kind of like my, my format and just like how I'm going to call this, it was actually really easy, really smooth. Um, it's just kind of just like, you know, develop it out. For my first go, I think I did a really good job. So You did. You know, and the more you do it, and I wish I could continue to do more, pardon me, more play-by-play. You know, I, I've kind of put myself in a position where I'm pretty deep in the programming department here at ESPN as well as our sister station, News Radio. And I 
really enjoy doing the programming side of things, so I don't take the play-by-play opportunities as much as I probably wanted to a year ago. Uh, I say for you, just keep doing it. Take as many opportunities as you can get, because as each game goes by, you're going to get so much better. It's like doing these radio shows. I think the first radio show I did, which was, by the way, not this show, it was on our sister station, News Radio 92.3, I thought I was terrible. And you just practice and you do it more and more and I think that in terms of my young broadcasting career I still have a long way to go but I'm way better now than I was three years ago when I first did my own solo radio show yeah and so you're gonna be the same way you're gonna keep doing these games I mean, and a year from now you're gonna be so much better I know you put you you told me this a lot when I first started I and I never liked hearing it that much because I'm still just like I was either just out of my internship phase and you said like hey you're 17 just like I didn't start. You were like, put this in, my, in your perspective. I didn't start radio until I was 22. From your, that's your, your words. And I was thinking about. It, I was like, yeah, I guess you have. You make a good point there. Like, I'm in a way better position than what most people would be in. The thing is, is like, I've always been. This has always been my mindset. I'll never be satisfied. Just that's how I've always oh, yeah. been. You're, and, you're hungry to do more. Yeah, and I tell this to Ren sitting next to me. It's like, take advantage of every opportunity possible. Be annoying as you can be, so you get those opportunities. And it, it, it's gonna it, it pays off because I mean, look where I am now from where I started. You just have to never. I, I do anything I possibly can to take advantage of any, every opportunity. Last week I was scheduled to work at my other job, and then I was offered this chance to do play by play. I was I I was willing to pay fifty dollars to give someone else my shift just so I can be able to go through with this opportunity Mm -hmm. because I know how big this can be and I can benefit off it and it's paid off because I was brought back the next day and here I'm brought back to do it again this weekend. You know, you take advantage of every opportunity because you don't know when your next one will come about. Ren, does Justin always like to give you advice on life? Yeah, he tries. I don't usually listen to him, though. I think we may have. All right, give it to Joe. Oh, he tries, but, you know, I don't usually listen. You should. You should So, life advice. Wait, wait, wait. Like, We're, let's try this again. Hold we, on, hold on. So, okay, so we let's have try a- this again, Ren. Now let's talk. Yeah, just go. You good? Yes. There yeah. she is. There she is. Oh, meet yeah, meet are- our lovely intern, Ren. She goes to UWF. She's killing it. Her boyfriend's an ATO. Rura. True. True. All right. So let's ask again. So does Justin typically give you a ton of advice? Yes. Is it normally good advice? Radio, yes. Life, no. All right. So, I, I'm fine what with is that. some of the what <laughs> is some of the worst life advice Justin's ever given you? Um, actions speak louder than words when it That's, comes to Justin. Actions yeah. speak louder than words yeah. when it comes to Justin. We are on family friendly radio. Yes. Do I yes. dare ask what those actions are? Oh. Davis. <laughs> we will save this for an uncensored podcast, maybe. Yeah, that, that's go. probably maybe. a lot better than put us on ESPN radio. Um, yeah. Deputy has seen me at times that a lot of people have not seen me before. Let's just say that. Well, I will say that I think as two young college students, you're entitled to having some fun. But as somebody who graduated fun. from UWF a couple years ago now and Still young in my own right, but I've, I've been there and I've done that. And I don't plan on going back to college anytime soon. Enjoy it while it's there. You're young in your college career, so have as much fun as possible. But come senior year, be ready to graduate. Don't think it's time to party even more. It's time to graduate. But so also, remember that. take advantage of every opportunity when it comes to your career. 
you get an early jump start, it benefits you in the future. Amen. I had an internship my senior year at this very location, and I've been here ever since. Now full-time programmer, so I'm actually having a good time, and I get to do radio on the side, so that's also fun, too. Exactly. We're going to take another time out. You're listening to Sports Call with Davis and Justin on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. social media this morning i guess the uwf football team has they do like a like a quote-unquote game today against albany state did it i thought you, well, I mean, we'll, we discussed it with, i mean will uh, talked about it i just didn't know like who all we were playing i know he had mentioned this last yeah. week when we had him on and did he say i, I maybe i missed he it did. he did that, i love will to death he did he does talk a little fast but no he did um um mentioning albany state i saw austin last week you talked to him i talked to him a little bit at um the softball game because his girlfriend is on the softball team, Kelsey Hodges. Um, yeah, they mentioned that he uh, they were playing at Albany State today, or uh, it's, it's a, uh, or it might be a neutral location. Um, I was told it was supposed to be, or we were told, yeah, it's going to be in Tallahassee. So a neutral location. So a neutral location where everyone's just meeting and they're playing, which is good. You know, it's it's like our version of spring football. These guys get to stay active. They get to have that game day experience. It's got to be tough being a national championship team and you go an entire year without playing an actual game. I am curious to see more than a year how it goes. I know Austin Reed; he's been eating at it to get back, but also it's a matter of the fact that hey, we have a whole different set of hands playing with this team now, so it's it's different. You know, I don't remember ever seeing this on social media and keep this in mind i'm not that great at social media that's why i have ren here yes so maybe that should be her new job is to take over my social media i could be but, completely fine with that uh i don't actually i don't know if i want that i have a feeling you'll get a hold of it and sabotage me but i mean she will have something to uh, hold against you it, i mean it's your image it is my it would be my image which i i i mean i'm not i'm not trying that hard to have a squeaky clean image i'm human but i don't really have that much out there to hold against me but it made me think about this. So I do a weekly promo where I promote the things that we're going to talk about. Coming up here in a little bit, we're going to do a uh, a bracket challenge of some kind. We're going to do our own version, even though we don't really know the seedings yet. We're going to try our best to do our own version of a bracket challenge. But also, I wanted to propose another kind of challenge. And I was telling Ren this during the week. I don't even know what the challenge is going to be. I just wanted to propose a challenge of some kind, whether it be go to the driving range and let's do a this is former NFL Pro Bowler Bart Scott, and you're listening to The Sports Call with Davis and Justin on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. And post, just like I said, I was going to spend the duration of this commercial break, and I was going to post something on my Facebook page, my personal one, Davis Allen. Feel free to follow me if you don't already on Facebook or add me as a friend. Follow me on Instagram if you want to. I typically follow back. And I proposed the pre-COVID challenge where you post a a photo of you doing something pre-COVID-19 
that you wouldn't do today because COVID wouldn't allow it. So I posted a picture. Justin, you're in it. The th- you, me, and Austin, uh, Austin Reed in front of the Studer Community Institute before the Mardi Gras parade last year. No mask, no social distancing, all good times, that all good actually, memories. The, the one year for that was actually three days ago. So that, that was actually like, because I remember like, I, so on Snapchat, you have, like, you'll have year ago memories. And that was on there like three days ago. Because I remember me being fully decked out in big beads, these Mardi Gras glasses, a gesture hat, and all that, and then walking behind the UWF uh, football team's float uh, because they had two floats in there for their football team after they had, you know, just won the national championship, you know, two, three months prior. So, you know, it was, yeah, I remember that. It was a good, that was an awesome day because like, it was it was a really cool atmosphere experiencing those players, like, enjoy their celebration of being national champions because, I mean, they were the brand marshals, right, I believe? Yes, they were. Yeah. Uh, they were celebrating their recent championship victory and which was like three months afterwards, but still, you know, they're, they're still fresh in everyone's memories, still fresh in mine, certainly fresh in yours. You were there getting to celebrate with the team as it all went down. But yeah, that's that's the theme. And you know what? This thing may not take off. I don't care. I just want to have a little bit of fun, even if I'm the only one that does it. So yeah. let's have some fun pre-COVID challenge. Even if it's just me, I don't care. It's all in good fun. In the meantime, though, when you hear this music, that means we either love it or we hate it. Justin Patrick is going to read off a statement. We're going to discuss whether we love or hate that statement by simply saying love it or hate it. Justin, go. Ah, let's just, I'll, I'll throw this out there. The winner of the Sun Belt Conference Tournament will make the Sweet 16 in, in the March Madness Tournament. I hate it. Although I probably should say I love it just because you want to be a homer and you, you want to say homer, that, but... you know, these teams are teams that we think can go all the way or these teams can be the Cinderella team. That's what's so cool about all this, right? Is that whoever wins this tournament automatically gets into the tournament and they have an opportunity at being a Cinderella team. And that's so cool, right? This is a Cinderella conference. Yeah, that's what's crazy about it. Um, I hate it, though. Yeah, I hate it as well. I just don't see... If it, uh, I don't really see anyone making it to this, make it deep into the tournament. Uh, that, that's the usually what happens when it comes to this conference is that you're not going to have good teams in it that are going to be like a, a Creighton or a Gonzaga that, that are in those small conferences, but go deep into the tournament or like a Villan- Villanova or Xavier, like teams like those, like who are usually year in year out, they'll be in that tournament and they usually can upset you pretty good too. Uh, let's see. Trying to think of okay, how about this? UWF wins their game today by more than two scores. Uh, yeah, I love it. This is such a talented team, and I mean, let's be real—we don't really know that much about Albany State, but they're not UWF by any measures. They're the number one team in the nation for a reason. We believe they're going to go undefeated. Come on now, go Argos! I think this is going to be a no-brainer. I mean, we missed out on such a strong schedule last year, where it would have really put a huge mark for UWF football on the map of D2 if we had done successful with it. Would have been facing Texas A&M Commerce, the team that beat us in the 2017 National Championship. Then would have had Valdosta State also, who won the National Championship in 2018. Then we also beat in the, I believe, quarterfinals. Quarterfinals of the playoffs. And then it'd be us, all playing at home. So it'd be the last three Division II National Champions playing at Blue Wahoo Stadium, which would have been huge if we had a successful season with that because they would have said, all right, we go off and we win the tournament and, and 
anymore. We won the national championship, and then we had this great season. It would have been huge. Uh, this team, there's probably no reason why they don't win this game today. Two scores, I, I say it's pretty good. I mean, they did one six nine zero at one point. Yes, they're gonna win this game big. It's no big deal. I can't wait till we have actual live football at Blue Wahoo Stadium in front of us, and you can hear all the games right here on uh, ESPN Pensacola. In the meantime, though, we're gonna take a timeout. We'll be right back with our bracket challenge. ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. Man, I love that song. It's just a, a nice, chill vibe song where when you hear that, you're expecting good times. And that's what we like to do here over at Sports Call Davis and Justin. It's a Saturday show, so our goal is to really embrace the Saturday vibe. And that's to give you a nice, relaxed show. And we'd love to kick off the second half of our show. Also because after this hour... It's time to go off into the real world and enjoy your Saturday. So that's what we're all about. I, you know, I know, uh, I know, Justin and Ren. The two of you work in the service industry, and the service industry is booming on the weekends. So often, you know, you don't get a weekend, right? You get mo- often Monday or Tuesday to enjoy your quote-unquote weekend. But you're also students, so you still have to go to school. So I'm sure the Saturday vibe is a little different for you. For me, the as a, someone who used to work in the service industry. Saturdays were the days you were kind of dreading because you knew you were going to get your butt kicked. For me, I now get to enjoy my Saturdays and Sundays. The weekend warrior that I am, I like to really embrace it now. So I try to bring that vibe. I hope I hope we are doing that, especially for y'all who work real hard, even on the weekends, to try and make it all happen. I will say this. Saturdays are... I usually look forward to them if I'm not working. Uh, today I look forward to mine because I am technically off, and so I won't be at work till 11 p.m. Um, I'll be doing this, and then right after this, I'm heading over to UWF campus to call a doubleheader for a softball game, and then probably gonna go hang out with friends tonight, have a good time, and you know enjoy my night because uh, I am technically off. And then tomorrow, gotta do a game. Well, I have to do a show, then a game, and then go to work. And so you know, so, uh, weekends usually get pretty tough, and then you got school th- all throughout the week. It's uh, Pretty busy, but yeah. It's busy stuff. I mean, Ren, I work about three jobs, so, you know, it's, it, it gets kind of crazy. Hey, I was the same way when I was your age. You know, I was working three jobs, whether it be at a restaurant on the beach, coaching baseball. I was coaching baseball for a little bit. I was also a peer educator at UWF, and that was a paycheck. It was. And, you know, just working, trying to make it all happen. It was a good time. It really was. It was a good time. And good time. Looking back, it really instills that work ethic in you now because I work, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, but I enjoy what it is I do, so it makes it all go by a little bit faster. And I wake up at 4 a.m. for my job, which is not as fun, but once you wake up, it's like, all right, now we're up and running and we're doing this, so let's do it. I just wish I wasn't so tired when you wake up. But you wake up late. like You like take a shower and you're good to go, then you're off and running. It's just that when you hear that alarm go off, it's 
the worst way to start your day. I do want to give some advice. If you ever hear a word that almost came out of David's mouth, that button P6 is what you need to press. Just give you a heads up. Okay. <laughs> I managed to hold it all back, but still. I just wanted to make sure that's that. That's how much I'm like, oh, I hate my alarm. She, I just need to make sure she knew that just in case. Um, that's little, right. The dump button is everybody's friend here. Yes, the business. dump button is. Remember that P6 is the best button you need to remember. I know I didn't need to use the dump button until a year and a half into radio. And I know Dave has probably had to like told me about it for like another, like a whole year. And so I know you were kind of surprised. I still, or I still remembered it when I was like producing yes. the show and you know, every producer needs to know the dump button. Yes. And you know, I, I remember pressing, I was like, did I do it right? I was just like, I double clicked it and I was just like, I never done it before. So it was weird. I remember <laughs> calling you after the show. I was like, I mean, I just double clicked it. I mean, it's like it, yeah. it, you, do, you double click it twice to make sure you dump the whole full seven seconds. You know, uh, it, sometimes that. that's actually like very, very useful information that you need to remember. Sometimes when you're on radio, you, you're not even trying to say a bad word, but sometimes you'll say a word that's close to a cuss word and then you'll accidentally slip and you'll say that word. Mm-hmm. That happened to me one time where, um, there was an event a couple of years ago called Tall Ships, mm-hmm. and and you just just use your imagination about what I accidentally said one time, and actually it was with our friend Nicole Stacy who was on the program last week from Visit Pensacola. She was promoting the event. I was on air with her, and it accidentally slipped out. But the dump button, the power of the dump button, oh, it was really funny. We had a really good laugh, and we both still remember it to this day. Well, anyways. Before we went to break, I talked about the Sunbelt Conference. It's coming up in six days. Yep. Six days. And we are doing a bracket challenge over here at ESPN Pensacola for the men's and women's bracket. And you have an opportunity to win $250 cash, baby. So uh, definitely sign up for that. Do that. You'll, You'll see more about it tomorrow. In the meantime, though, today, let's do our best to go down the brackets and just let's try and predict right now who we think is going to win. Because by the time this show airs next week, we'll already be underway in the tournament, so we won't have an opportunity to start from the very beginning. So this is our opportunity to go ahead and get into the conversation now, and we can give it our best shot on who we think are going to be the Sunbelt Conference champions hoisting up that trophy here in beautiful Pensacola, Florida. And also it's kind of weird that the tournament, the championship game is on a Monday. Yes, that is. It is a little strange, but we'll take it nonetheless. I'll be in Chicago, so I will not be here getting to watch the championship game, although I would love to be. Instead, I'll be freezing up in Chicago. We'll We'll have fun nonetheless. And so... With the fur- without further ado, the tournaments all get underway on Friday. Now, the first game that we'll witness, and, and by the way, again, we don't know what the seeds are going to be just yet, but it's uh, based on all re- it's all based on I, records. I can give a go ahead and give some sort of ranking. So, uh, in the East Division, which contains Troy, South Alabama State, uh, Coastal Carolina, App State, Georgia Southern, and then South Alabama State. I said South Alabama State? Yeah, just South Alabama. Yeah, I, know. University I, I, I didn't mean to say USA. I, I didn't. So you have App State, South Alabama, Coastal Carolina, Troy, Georgia Southern, and Georgia State. Georgia State leads conference in 7-4. They're on a five-game win streak. And then South Alabama falls in with a 10-6 record, and they just lost their last game. Um, I will say this. South Alabama has more wins, but 
because of Georgia State having less losses. They're in first in that division, but South Alabama's right behind them. In the West Division, you have Texas State, Louisiana Lafayette, Arkansas State, UTA, and then also Little Rock and Louisiana Monroe. Texas State leads that. They're the, they have the best record in the conference at 11-3, 17-6 overall, and they're on a six-game win streak. Louisiana Lafayette sitting at 10-6, like South Alabama. They've won their last three, and they're 16-7. So the West Division seeming to be the stronger side when it comes to these teams because it does have two better teams when it comes to records. Um, Georgia State has the less, least amount of losses, though, four conference losses and only one non-conference loss. So interesting there. But, um, yeah. So I guess with, with you just breaking that down, and it'll all be locked in later on today because the teams are playing their final conference games today. So tomorrow we will know exactly what the seeds will be. But game one, at least for the men's bracket, and let me go ahead and pull up the women's bracket too so that way I can have that in front of me. Okay, Sun Belt Conference Women's Basketball. I'll start with the men's though. First game is going to be over at PSC, over at the Hartzell Arena. Now, keep in mind, if you're a local and you just want to go watch some collegiate basketball at the Division One level, you cannot go to PSC, or at least they are strongly they are strongly discouraging you from going there. But that's a five o'clock tip off. Hey, then go to the Bay Center where they are encouraging you to go. That's a five thirty tip off, and that's going to be the three seed in the East against the sixth seed in the West. And so it looks like that's going to be, at least in terms of the men's bracket, that's going to be South Alabama at the moment. Mm -hmm. It looks like that's South Alabama taking on UL Monroe. Yeah. So that's those are the Warhawks. The Warhawks, too. That's kind of a... It's cool. That's a cool nickname for a basketball team. So it looks like that's going to be the first game, and that's going to be the game that I'll be at for sure with Chad Brilliante on the Sports Drive when we're live down there doing all the festivities. Uh, we'll be out there watching that game for sure. So that's happening over at uh, the Bay Center. Out of that ball game, I definitely have South Alabama winning. That, that should be ho- hopefully an easy one. South is actually a very talented basketball team this year, and you had just mentioned it, Justin. They have the most wins yep. in their division. It's just, you know, in terms of win percentage, other te- there are two other teams Which ahead it, of them. It kind of doesn't make sense of how this all works. And it's what upsets me with COVID. It's like, Georgia State's played 11 games. South Alabama's played 16. Mm-hmm. South Alabama's 10-6. Georgia, Georgia State, 7-4. That's five games right there where they can lose. At, like, if they lose three of them, they're in second place, and South Alabama it, is first. But you know what? I think this is a good thing for South if they are going to be playing in this game. I think the teams that play in, like, the wild card game, because there are 12 teams, that means there are going to be additional, what I would call them, wild card games. The top two seeds automatically get to move on. They're in that next round, so they have a bye. I think that if you're that quote-unquote wild card team, you sort of gain momentum going into your next game. So if South were to beat UL Monroe, they would move on to the next uh, the next game. That would be over at the Hearts. I believe that they would move that game over to the Hartsell Arena. Winner of game two, which would be the South UL Monroe game, would then move on and take on the number two seed that would be in the Western division which as as it stands right now would be louisiana university of louisiana the raging cajun i always like their nickname too. yeah the, the raging, raging cajuns. cajuns now okay i will say this do you ever do you follow any barstool pages 
I do, yeah. I follow I, uh, so the main ones. I follow L- LSU Barstool, and absolute savage. Like, I, I do not like any LSU sports, but their fan base, probably one of my favorite, uh, just for the fact that they really just say what's on their mind. Um, I do know this, and their baseball program also being one of my favorites. Uh, number 11 LSU played Louisiana Lafayette the other day, and um, uh, they beat Louisiana Lafayette 11-2, and LSU's Barstool was just, like, savage. Because, like, I guess, like, LSU being the big big college in the state, they shun Louisiana Lafayette because they're Louisiana University. So they just, like, it's absolute savagery. What do you think? Just, just complete savage. Yeah. Just what a savage. Uh, also, um, kind of going through the tournament again. Uh, let's see. I have so many pages open. All right, so then you have uh, – but we, let's go back to game one where it's the four seed in the west. That's the game that's going to be happening over at PSC against the five seed in the east. That's going to right now shape up to be Arkansas State taking on Georgia Southern, which Georgia Southern and Georgia State, by the way, are – Kind of like the teams I'm keeping my eye on. Mainly Georgia State. Georgia Southern not really looking too good this year. But Georgia State, they've they've been to the tournament. They've been to the big dance. They have been that semi-Cinderella team, so they understand this stage. Uh, also, Coastal Carolina. I just love Coastal Carolina, especially ba- uh, solely based on their football team. Their baseball team was the World Series champs a couple years back. So I have some friends that went to Coastal, and they were super chill. I met them at a conference and still friends with them to this day. So I, uh, I'm, I, I love Coastal at heart. So I want to root for the Chanticleers. I also love their nickname, the Chanticleers. Uh, they are a team that I'm keeping my eye on during this tournament. But, you know, you have the four so – that. but winner of that game one would then move on to game five, which would be facing on the number one seed in the east, which is Georgia State. That game is going to be on Saturday at the Pensacola Bay Center at 530. So uh, right now I'm just going to stop because what what this is all leading to is the bracket challenge that we're going to have – us. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna launch it tomorrow, which means tomorrow through Friday you can register your bracket. And again, for both the men's and women's, your your chances are greater at winning if you fill out both brackets. If Correct. You, if you fill out both brackets, let's say you hit ninety percent on the women's bracket mm-hmm. and you hit seventy five percent on the men's bracket, and that ninety percent out of all other brackets, both men's and women's, ends up being the highest winning percentage. You, my friend, are going to be the winner of $250 cash. Bingo. So, there you go. You can you can also just fill out the men's or the women's if you'd like, but if you fill out both, you give yourself a better chance at winning, being more successful. So, there you go. Do our bracket challenge and be a winner. So that with that, that's uh, every incentive to do it. Yeah. I mean, there's there no reason go. not to do it. I mean, take a chance at $250. I mean, I doubt anyone in the Pensacola area really has, like, is some absolute just pro when it comes to knowing the knowledge of the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. So I doubt they like there's really anyone out there that's going to compete with you that hard. Um, you watch these games and you just kind of just look at records, you could probably you know, take a couple guesses and base it off that. Uh, it's not super hard, and why not? It's for money. Yeah, it's it's money right there, you know. And also, it's just something to do promotions-wise. It's nice to have these promotions and to be active with the community and have some fun. So certainly looking forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, though, we're going to take a timeout. You're listening to ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. 
So I just came across an article that is totally attacking me. It is calling me out, and no, it's not actually calling me out by name, but the name of the article is, and this is according to Today.com from the Today Show on NBC, Zillow traffic skyrockets as millennials endlessly scroll through real estate listings. This, to a T is calling me out lately. And I am a millennial. I feel that my generation probably gets poked fun at the most, at least right now. We all love to poke fun. We had the baby boomers. Uh, Ren and Justin, you both are members of the Gen Z generation. Gen Z. So, which is basically, isn't Gen Z people who were born in the year 2000? Uh, I'm 2001, so is she, so... So, yeah, I'm 93. God, I'm old compared to you guys, I feel like. People consider, like... 97 to 99 its own like I don't they, see, they don't claim themselves in I don't look at why I don't look at you that old cuz like special. both my brothers are older than you so I like I look at you as like you know you're not, you're not that old like yeah, to me you well, know I, and I'm 27 I'm really not old at yeah. all but you know still it's compared compared to our college students here and you know me being out of college you know just trying to trying to live life day by day feel sometimes old but that's just certainly not the case but one thing i've been doing a lot lately just because it's kind of fun you get a little adventurous you start thinking about things i am not a home owner personally i and uh, there are reasons i choose not to be a home owner i rent for right now because it also allows you to bounce around year after year if you want or you could renew your lease if you're so allowed uh but for me i'm not ready to buy a home just yet although i am engaged I'm, I'm going to be getting married here in the next uh, – well, we, we're settling for 2022. We just don't have this exact date just yet, although we, we have a date in mind. We just haven't locked it in yet. One day I'm going to be a homeowner, and when that day happens, you know, I want to know what it is I want, just like my future wife will want to know what she wants, and we don't want to settle for anything. Mm-hmm. And we have friends of ours who are now homeowners. They're recent homeowners, and actually but they got to build their home. And believe it or not, they built their home at a, like, shockingly good price. Like, affordable, right? Now, they didn't didn't put down $250,000 cash, but they've always been smart with their money. Their debt is their home. That's very normal, especially to Dave Ramsey, who will never shun you for taking out debt for your home. He'll shun you for taking out debt on other things. Just your home is where it's acceptable because not everybody has $250,000 cash lying around. So often, you know, you put down your deposit or your down payment and, you know, you can go from there. But home, like, interest rates are really, really good right now. The market, especially in Pensacola, is really hot. For the renter's market, it's a little bit more selective, a little bit more complicated. But in terms of a buyer's market, it's really good. So I feel like all the time. And actually, I'm about to move into a new place. So again, kind of the, the going year by year renting wise, I kind of find some thrill in that. But I'm constantly looking at homes on Zillow mm-hmm. as a millennial because one day I know I'm going to buy a home. One day I know that it's all going to, you know, it's going to come real. I'm going to be a homeowner. And that's where I feel like I'm going to be like the peak of adulthood. I'm now a homeowner. It's like that progressive commercial where 
young people who become homeowners all of a sudden become their parents. Yeah. That's going to be me. I'm telling you, that's going to be me when I become a homeowner. But for right now, I'm renting, so it is what it is. But I'm always on Zillow just kind of playing around. You get ideas. Look at homes that are uh, for sale, and you're like, could I live there? Do I see myself doing that? Finance that. All the ideas. I do that all the time. So it's amazing how this article comes out, and it says – if you spend hours on Zillow, you're not alone. Zillow traffic skyrockets as millennials endlessly scroll through real estate listings to a T. I do that all the time. So I just want to take a moment and explain that because, you know, it's part of adulthood, certainly, being a homeowner. And I'm not there yet, but I know one day, probably in the next couple of years, I will be there. I just, uh, I don't know. I think me being a, a renter almost makes me feel like I'm back in college in a way, renting homes with your, with I mean, your roommates. I guess that makes sense, but you don't have roommates. You have a girlfriend and a, a fiance, fiance. <laughs> step above yeah i yeah. was like you gotta get used to saying that now fiance i, I am used to saying that now Are by you? the way at first it's you know because you you date the person for two and a half years and you are still used to the girlfriend label not the fiance label but now i've you know i've used to it now it's it's cool i, I know I, sometimes it doesn't feel different but it has to feel different in a way because you have to get yourself in wedding planning mode you have to start doing stuff and i feel lately i've been getting more and more and more in that mode because you know it's something i'm look it's a life moment you're looking forward to that so and uh, i know you guys are going to be there one day yourselves and that's going to be exciting but but not anytime soon you guys are just going to get through college i'm sure that's all i'm but, focused about right now <laughs> ren's over here like nah nah <laughs> Like, I'm just trying to graduate. Cooper, if you're listening, no. <laughs> Cooper, if you're listening, pump the brakes, buddy. So anyways, uh, no, yeah, try not to get too far off sports, but that was just something that came I came across on yes. social media. Speaking of sports, let's uh, let's get into this. Like, what, what we got? <laughs> what, 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 what sports are out there? Yeah, let's, I mean, let's other see. Than, other than there's, like, every college basketball game in the world going on right now, like Tennessee and... Uh, who's Tennessee playing? Auburn, Tennessee and Auburn. Which Auburn? I want to. Th- I just want. Th- they're beating Tennessee right now. Shout out to Tennessee for being a really good team the last couple of years. Rick Barnes has put this team in a good place. Bruce Pearl, also turning around the Auburn program, but not a great year for him so far. They're eleven and thirteen. And you got uh... Florida is to me the most. Con- that's supposed to be my college team. They are the most confusing team because they're really, really good. During a stretch of time. And then they're really bad yeah, yeah, during another stretch of time. That's been Florida and, basketball for a while. And I feel like right now they're back in the really good stretch. I mean, they have a winning record. And then you have a but team it's like... Just, no, they're frustrating at the same time. UNC, who... Oh, gosh. They just can't make up their minds sometimes, man. It's like, it's upsetting. Like you And UNC will be playing Florida State today, who's ranked 11th. And you can hear all those games on ESPN Pensacola at 1330 AM, 99.1 FM. That's going to be today at 3 o'clock. But, I mean, UNC a week ago beating Louisville 99 to 54. And just like, okay. Just smashing That's them. the old UNC that I'm used to seeing. And then they go and lose to Marquette by 13. I'm like, okay, this is the UNC we've been used to seeing this season. I mean, it's just been a bad season overall for UNC. Uh, I'm trying to see what their actual record and standings are. They're 14-8. and eight, Duke's 11-8. and eight. You know, UNC, you know, they're questionable to make tournament and stuff like that. I mean, it's kind of crazy like, that you say it, that. It, 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 let's talk about, like, the Big Ten. The Big Ten's dominating. Which is weird because that's it's very it's very rare that we see this. It's always been Big Twelve and ACC. It's very rare that we see a season like this come about. Florida State, where where their host 
host station, and they're atop the ACC yeah, right now. No surprise, by the way. They've yeah. been consistently a great program under Leonard Hamilton. That guy's an awesome coach. Correct. And, you know, it's made Florida State a basketball school now. Yeah. They're not a blue blood. Which, by the way, I finally learned what blue blood stands for because that's what we consider the programs like Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, uh, uh, Kansas. Kansas. UCLA, those are like the blue blood programs. And it's because back in like a long time ago, uh, people who were royalty didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so they, you could, you could like see like the blue blood of their veins, uh, something like that. It was kind of like a weird description. But what it meant, what it meant was, was like back then, royalty was considered the blue bloods because they didn't have to work very hard. And these, other teams it's kind of the opposite because these programs worked really hard to get to where they're at to be even called a blue blood but that means they're royalty and it's really only considered in basketball i feel like you don't really have blue blood football programs i mean you do obviously you have alabama they they're consistently that premier team but in basketball they tend to apply the blue blood terminology more and so, yeah, that's what uh, these that's what some of these teams are regarded as. And it's funny because these blue bloods aren't the schools that win. No, all the time. It's, it's, and we've gone over this on the corner three show or the corner three show. Um, blue bloods, it, they've had a weak season. Uh, the weak season, Kentucky's been bad. North Carolina's been bad. Duke's been bad. Uh, North Carolina, they played Duke to round out the season uh, next the guy Saturday. For Duke that was it. Jalen Johnson was that his name? Yeah, for Duke, and he left the program to focus on going to the NBA. And he's a true freshman. And many analysts came out saying that Duke is now a better team because Jalen Johnson left. Because I guess he was kind of like, uh, I don't he was like bringing down the team. Yeah. Like this guy who was supposed to be this incredible athlete was actually bringing down the team, according to these analysts. I'm not there. I'm not the one reporting on it. I'm not seeing it. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, that's true. But what's being reported is that Jalen Johnson really brought down the productivity of the team. Okay. Uh, kind of moving away on the subject of college basketball real quick. Um, well, not really. What is your favorite March Madness, like, memory? Like, it's just, like, ultimate madness. Favorite March Madness memory? Well, as a Florida fan, Florida winning back-to-back national championships, yeah. that has yet to be repeated. Mm-hmm. And they aren't a blue blood program by any means. They aren't considered that blue blood, and yet they won back-to-back championships with the best players that college basketball has seen in a long time. Well, it's and also, and my last point with that is another reason why that Florida team was so good is because they had the same players who played together. They stayed together. They weren't one and duns. They graduated from school and went on to the NBA. You don't always see that, but that's what I think what makes UNC at times very successful is that often Roy Williams recruits guys who stay four years. They build a program, and then they often win when those guys are seniors because they are really good by the time they graduate. Um, but my favorite memory of all time in recent years has to be Villanova hitting the buzzer beater. I hate that's uh, I hate that you just said that because I, I'm a UNC fan for college basketball. And that's Which, a, by the way, why? Why? I don't know. I, I thought that's my dad's thing. That's You're a, a Patriots my fan? Dad, my, dad, my dad was a big Dean, Dean Smith guy. So he and he followed them since, like, I forget, Dad, if you're listening, you know, text me the reason why we're UNC fans. Um, you know, I followed him because that's just a team I naturally grew around to. My mom's a Duke fan, which is really weird. I don't, I don't know why. My, 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 one of my brothers and my mom are Duke fans. My other brother, my dad, and I were, were North Carolina fans. So it, it doesn't make sense why. Um, I was born 
and, and I was well, like the age of six. I was like, okay, I guess I'm a North Carolina fan because my dad is. And I remember Duke and North Carolina was always a crazy game. I've always loved it, always paid attention. It's the greatest rivalry in college basketball. I, I've just kind of just stuck with it since. Um, but North Carolina, yeah, they're my college basketball team and always have been. And when you have a guy on Rory Williams, like that's that's the type of culture that he breeds. You, know, you have the Justin Jacksons, uh, the Kennedy Meeks, the Joel Berries, the Bryce Johnsons. They stay their whole time during those times. And look at the runs they won, Elite Eights, Final Fours, National Championship runs. Uh, the Marcus Page, you know, that shot that he hit, which I remember watching that game and Marcus Page hitting that ridiculous three. And like, well, as I see him take this shot, I'm like, what in the world was that? And then it goes in some somehow magically. And then Chris Jenkins hits a buzzer beater and I'm just literally just I'm, I was standing right there next to my mom in the living room she comes in like because she's not watching the game she was doing work she comes in and watches this last play I'm like like I'm like nail biting over here and we hit the tie shot I'm like oh my gosh yes I'm like but there's 4.7 seconds left yeah and then my mom's like sitting here watching to me and I just like go down and I was watching and I was like just pure shock I'm just she's just like well, I'm sorry. And she she doesn't like North Carolina. She's a Duke fan. She's just like, I'm sorry because I know that's your team. But like, she didn't care about that. I mean, and then the next year we went on. We go on to beat um, Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Yeah. Which, by the way, this has been a weird college basketball season. That you know, the Big Ten is what's dominating the college football or basketball landscape. But it's Gonzaga out in Washington, the the private school in Washington. That's the number one team in the nation, and they are so good mm-hmm. that they actually could win their first ever national title with a coach who's been doing it with the program for a very long time. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he's been there forever. They, they had the number one team in the nation last year. I mean, they've been, they've just been this top-tier program for so long, and here they are like, back I at would, it again. Like, I would argue Gonzaga is entering the realm of blue blood. Even they though ha- they, I, I consider them a blue blood. Even, even I, though I have they... Been aren't because they've never won a championship and the blue bloods again are the teams that have won multiple championships I, I've throughout always, their history. I've always considered them. Uh I, I know like blue bloods I would ha- still consider Indiana a blue blood, although they haven't really been North Carolina is the last blue blood to win a national championship. The time before that was Duke when they beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. Which Wisconsin had their own time too with Frank Kaminsky. With Frank Kaminsky and then also um uh, Sam Decker. That team was a really good team. They upset Kentucky when they were 38-0 and at one point, you know? So they upset that team. But Kentucky was Kentucky was in the national championship versus UConn the year that UConn won it. Um, that's when the last times the Blue Bloods have really made an appearance in these national championship games. Uh, Villanova, I consider them a Blue Blood, in my opinion. I consider Gonzaga a Blue Blood just because year in, year out, they are a top 25 team. They are a team that goes deep into the Sweet 16, Elite 8s, they're they're one of those type of teams, even though they're not in these premier programs um, or pr- premier conferences, they're always competing and championship contending contend- contenders each year and year out. So I've always considered them a blue blood, even if they they don't have the rings to go along with it. Um, it's just if this program has that effect on the sport, I consider them blue blood. Um, Michigan State, they used to be a blue blood, in my opinion, with Coach Izzo. Uh, it hasn't been like that lately, really. Who else am I missing? I feel like I'm missing one more. I mean, you have Kansas, but Kansas, they've been doing okay. I mean, they're using the top five, but they always fall apart either in the Elite Eight or Final Four. That's usually what happens. Um, I mean, Michigan, Michigan who is I, playing, 
Michigan had the Fab Five. They did. The, the Fab Four. But it, it's very spotty with that program. And, but they're a really good program right now. They're right they, now. But with they, Jawan Howard, they go as, who, was the, who was a member of the Fab Four. Like, were they the Fab Four? They're five, five, five. Fab Five. Fab Five. Like, I think of the Beatles, right? Yeah. Fab Four. I don't know you what know, you the got. The Fab Five. From. Like, Juwan Howard was a member of that team. That team went to back-to-back national championships, unfortunately lost both of those championships. But they literally became what basketball ended up being, which is they they brought this personality. They brought this flavor. Uh, Georgetown, by the way, is a team that uh, I don't know if they're really a blue blood now, but they had... The, the Hoyas have done. They, they had good things. Patrick Ewing. You know, they won national. They won a national title. They've done good things, but I want to consider them a blue Houston, blood. University of Houston used to be uh, a powerhouse program, but they're not so much anymore. See, UNLV. UNLV. Yeah, they were. That's the thing. You're mentioning these, and that goes into what I was just about to say is that you're mentioning these programs that had good five-year runs, four-year runs that were very spotty, and, and they might pop up in the top twenty-five every you know ten, fifteen years, and then again, but they were never. Always here, like the UNCs, the Dukes, the Kansas, the UCLA, um, Kentuckys. They're, they, they're not always there every single year in, year out. Like, hey, this team will compete for the conference championship. This team will compete for the national championship. This team will probably be a top 10 team at some point throughout the season. It will be a top four seed in this tournament. Those are the Blue Bloods when they're year in, year out like that. And we UNLV, um, th- those type of teams, they're not that anymore. But they yeah. used to be, that's for sure. I think teams like Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, UCLA, although UCLA has really been out of the spotlight lately. Yes. They haven't been in the spotlight since Lonzo Ball. But they'll always be that blue blood program. And I think that because of the history that these teams have, they're always going to recruit the best coaches. They're always, or they're going to, they're always going to hire the best coaches. They're always going to recruit some of the best players. However, the one and done thing is really, it's really been it's hard for Duke. It's what's diminished blue bloods, uh, if, if anything. Yeah. It's what's diminished Duke. It's what's diminished Kansas. Um, I know probably the biggest one that's diminished Kansas was probably Andrew Wiggins in recent years. Uh, and oh, Joel, Joel, Joel Embiid, you know, those one and dones. Like, hey, you guys made us this premier program, and they went and they literally just did nothing in the tournament. Like, they just fell apart. Um, then you got Duke when they had their the power three in Zion Williamson, Cam Reddish, and R.J. Barrett, and that team Literally, what I think went to the Sweet Sixteen and lost. I believe it was. Yeah, they, and they, they almost they, they, they almost had UCF beat them. And the and round of thirty two with Taco Fall. Oh, you that know? was insane. Yeah, I mean that was an insane game. So. Yeah, that that was probably the best game of that tournament, if anything. But the Blue Bloods are not what they used to be. Uh, that's for sure. Just because of the fact it, it's not their fault. It's college basketball and the NCAA's fault for allowing that rule to be a thing. It's the reason why I think it's either like. College basketball, I mean, it's all about the money now for these players. So they're going to come in. They don't go to class. They come in. They play their sport, and they, they leave. They, they're going to take the easiest classes possible and then leave. Often I've noticed this, too. Like when Zion, because you knew he was going to leave after yeah. his time at Duke. And really, this is what gave me the argument of college basketball, I think, needs to do what baseball does. You can either go straight to the pros uh-huh. from high school or you go to school, but you have to be at school for at least three years like football. And I thought Zion was a perfect example of that. Zion was the perfect example of somebody who could already be in the NBA, but he had to go to college. And you know who, who, who's just like Zion? 
Trevor Lawrence. But the thing is, he had to play under a certain rule. Yeah, but there's football and basketball. There, there is such a difference between the sports. How many you, football players in high school right now are good enough to be in the pros? You, that's not what I mean. You know what I mean that by an absolute dominance, where, where this guy, when they enter the, the draft, will be number one overall. We've known that about Trevor Lawrence since he blew out Bam in the national championship. We've been knowing He's that. He's a true freshman. Yeah, exactly. We've known that. We said, hey, this guy will be the number one draft pick. And he's been consistent year in, year out these last two years. And there's a reason why he will be the number one draft pick to the Jags this season to Urban Meyer. We've seen this multiple times, but Zion, he was able to leave one and done. Trevor Lawrence, he wasn't because he had to wait three years. He had to wait till his junior season was complete before he can go to the draft, which that risk injury, yeah, it does. And we saw Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he was out for a little bit this year, but that's because of COVID. It's, it's what makes college football so great, though, is that you, as a Clemson fan, you know that this amazing kid, when he arrives, like, he's going to be with us for at least three years. Now, and that's, I mean, the thing that's, that's probably hurting college football also is that you can transfer so easily. So, like, Justin Fields was at Georgia for a little bit and then transferred away and went to uh, uh, Ohio State. Yep. You know, that stuff happens, but I don't think it diminishes college football. I think that, if anything, it gives more opportunity for these kids to go to a different school, thrive there, and maybe even increase the competition rather than keep that kid on the bench you if know, there's someone ahead of them. I have a list right here that was just said to me by someone. Bill Connolly... Um, Kind of a joke to me that sometimes he's a, he's a, he's, a, he's a sports editor. Um, he just put out the uh, top ten his top ten college QBs of the two thousands. Um, I want you to look at that, and if right, you so tell me if you want to go to Bill, that. Oh, I saw this list. So according to Bill Con- Connolly, and I completely disagree with it, and we may even discuss this when we get back. But he has number ten Robert Griffin the third, number nine Marcus Mariota, number eight Lamar Jackson, number seven Kyler Murray, number six Deshaun Watson. Number five, Joe Burrow. Number four, Tim Tebow. Number three, Vince Young. Number two, Cam Newton. And number one, Baker Mayfield, which we can talk about that. We can talk about this list even when we get back. We do have to take a timeout. You're listening to ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM Thirteen thirty AM and 99.1 FM. This is Sports Call with Davis and Justin. And if you're listening to us, we appreciate you. We're looking forward to the Sunbelt Basketball Tournament next week. And we also have some college basketball going on right now. Michigan is dominating Indiana 62-49. Still anyone's ballgame, though, with 844 to go. Texas, Texas Tech going at it. Texas Tech, I love this team. I love Mac McClung. And I want to see this Texas Tech team get back in the tournament and go. And they're going to. They, they're number 18 in the country. They're going to be in the tournament. But I want this team, sorry, to get back into the national stage where they made it to the national championship. And they were so close at winning it all. And they barely lost to uh, uh, Virginia. Just they made it was so close. They fell just so short. Too. My mic wasn't on yet. Thank you, Ren. Um, uh, she's still learning. It's, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, Mac McClung, you know, someone who is part of that Zion Williamson high school class, and 
you know, it was a big thing because he would have these crazy dunks that would always end up on overtime and stuff like that where people would love to see it. And he went to Georgetown, did okay, then transferred to Texas Tech, and it's kind of been like that since. Um, he, he's not a huge role player. I mean, he's not a huge player or star player when it comes to tex, uh, Texas Tech right now. He's still developing. Uh, he'll probably be a four-year player. He'll be kind of like a Grayson Allen, in my opinion. Grayson Allen, my God. goodness. That, that guy. Uh, that guy. Dirty. What a guy. Dirty ball player. Dirty, dirty ball player. Anyways, yeah, Grayson Allen, which, by the way, what has he been up to? Um, we haven't heard anything I about Grayson Allen in a long time. Like, is he actually playing right now? Uh, let's see. Uh, he does play. Let's see. Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen. His stats. Yeah. He, we he, share a last name. How he, dare He's we? averaging 9.3 points a game. He's um, 40, 40, 40, 41% from the field. Um, yeah. He put up 10 the other day versus the Clippers. And then also. <laughs> Sorry. So, I don't know what happened. Um I don't, at least I don't know where this came from. I think Chad may have brought it, but there's like this little football field field goal kick game where you like, I just set it up so it's up and running, and yeah, you just kick field goals with it, but you do it with your finger, so it's up and it's good. I kind of want to try. Like, it. It's fun. Yeah, it's like here you go, you play with this. Yeah. No, yeah. So, uh, anyways, before we took a break, we were going over this list that Bill Connolly had put together, yeah. a sports writer, his top ten quarterbacks from the last. 10 years and he has Baker Mayfield sitting at number one I understand how he got there he won the Heisman Trophy his last two years of his collegiate career he played lights out incredible he didn't win a national title um, and everyone on the list either won a title a national championship or both Yep. and out of the both you have guys like Cam Newton you have uh, Tim Tebow you have uh, who else won a title in there? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I, uh, pull up that list again. I'm trying to see. see. Uh, I think out of so, that list. It's going to be what you want to hear the top 10? Yes. Yeah, so let's go over the top 10 one more time because I definitely want to rearrange. He ranks I he ranks his top 60 quarterbacks, by the way. So I, And I went through some of them. I, I didn't I didn't want to go. I kind of want to see. Kyle Trask is in that top 60 list. I kind of want to see. Um, does he have Chad Pennington or Byron Leftwich in there? Because if he doesn't, this this list, absolute do not pay attention okay, to it. Okay. Look, no, I'm saying because like, they were Heisman finalists. I mean, Chad Pennington should be on this list at least. I mean, come on. I, so Robert Griffin III had a phenomenal career at, at Baylor, but a part of me is like, I wouldn't put him really in the top 10. Like, he won a Heisman and deserved to win the Heisman, by the way. But he still, the best he could do with his team was lead him to three losses. Yep. So you have a guy like... Uh, Baker Mayfield, who his best outing was that Georgia game that he lost, by the way, in the Rose Bowl. That was as far as he was able to lead his team. He wasn't able to lead him to the title. That's kind of been the curse of Oklahoma lately. Cam Newton was a one-year star. He did start at Florida. We were super excited for him at Florida. Unfortunately, there were things that he got involved in that ultimately led to his removal from Florida, and and it was understandable when it all happened. Uh, then you have uh, Tim Tebow, who's coming in at number four. And yes, I am biased, but Tebow, as a college football player, a guy who for four years left his mark on the sport, he should be not number one, not number one, not going that far, but he certainly should be at least top three. Vince Young, I think, should be number, 
I would say Vince Young probably should – I would teeter him between one and two because Vince Young was such a dominating football player, and he I, never even won the Heisman. I, and you know who else is not on that list? Matt Leinard. Matt Leinard won a Heisman and a championship, although the championship was eventually revoked because of Reggie Bush. Matt Leinard should be in there. I, I think am, at number 10 – Actually, I would swap him with Robert Griffin III. Hold on. Uh, I need to pull up something. I am actually very triggered right now. So he has Byron Leftwich on this list at 41. By the way, if you're new to the show, Justin is a Marshall fan. Uh, I am from Huntington. I will preach that till the day I die, that I am a huge Marshall fan and that my family and I bleed green. Uh, Chad Pennington at Marshall, if I can pull up his Marshall stats, because um, he had a very successful uh, pro career too. I mean, he played. He played in the AFC East, which is not a, which is a hard conference to play in because he played against Tom Brady. But and the only two times that Brady did not win the division was the Dolphins and then also the Jets. That until this past year, when the Bills did it, and the quarterback of both those teams was Chad Pennington. So I want to make that clear. Uh, he threw for eleven hundred yards and had one hundred and seven touchdowns within three years. And he was a part of the Brady Six, by the way. He was one of the quarterbacks drafted before Tom Brady in the 2000 draft. I'm talking about his college stats right now. I mean, yeah, exactly. And he, he was a first-rounder. And, by the way, he was a good quarterback in the NFL. He was a great quarterback. Yes. He was a great quarterback, in, in, quarterback. in the NFL and he college. He was a good quarterback in the NFL. And then you also have Byron Leftwich, who threw for 1,200 yards, 65% completion, and 89 touchdowns. And he was there for four years. And he had 28 interceptions and six rushing touchdowns. And Chad painted stats – Trump those. Dad, if you're listening, I'm almost sure you agree with me because we've always said Chad Pennington is the best quarterback to ever roll through Marshall. And, and putting you, Byron sure Leftwich there right. at 41st. I, I, uh, I, you know what? I believe, you, I believe you're right. But then again, I think that because they are Marshall and at the time when they were very successful, they had just entered the top league. I think that that hurts them a little bit. He was he was the quarterback of the best Marshall team to ever run through. They were ranked 15th at one time. They beat Clemson, teams like South Carolina. They were beating teams everywhere. Great one, program. He, 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 it was Randy Moss, too. Randy Moss was there, a guy exactly. who originally started at Florida State and then uh, exactly. had, uh, got some things and happened and they, then went back at Marshall. They were they had an undefeated season. I mean, come on. Like that was a that Marshall is a great example of a team where Hey, you know what? Put them in the tournament. If you had a tournament style, let's see what happens. But we do need to take a timeout. Our final timeout of the break. You're listening to Sports Call Davis and Justin on ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM and 99.1 FM. Well, everybody... I'm not sure if I'm going to be on next week's show. I am going to be traveling to Atlanta to catch a flight to Chicago because, yes, you can get cheap flights out of Atlanta to go to Chicago. This is the second time I've actually done this now to go to Chicago. I'm looking at this, but uh, Colin Kaepernick had 59 rushing touchdowns at Nevada, which that's very impressive. He was awesome at Nevada. He, I mean, he had threw for 10,000 uh, 10, passing yards, 82 touchdowns, 24 interceptions, then 4,100 rushing yards and 59 touch, rushing touchdowns. So that's really impressive. And also, I must make this clear for anyone that heard my rant. Uh, Chad Payton did not play in the 2000s, and I was ranting because he got drafted in 2000. So I look like a 
I'm an idiot because I was bad because yeah. he was on this list. Byron Leftwich is, uh, which I guess that's reasonable because he did play during the 2000s. Chad Payton did not. Well, everybody, I don't know if I'm going to be on next week, but regardless, the show continues live from the Pensacola Bay Center. It's Sunbelt basketball time, and we're going to be giving away tickets and play the bracket challenge. Enjoy your Saturday. I'll see you guys again in a couple of weeks.